Genesis chapter 24, verse 27, the Word of God says, And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And let's pray. Lord, we turn to you again this evening on this subject of the truth. We spoke this morning about what is truth and that powerful burning question. And tonight we look at uh, your truth a little bit more deeply and thoroughly as we study the scriptures. Lord, we're, we're glad that you've given us the truth, that we can know the truth and that we can act on it. And I pray tonight you'd settle us a little bit further in this idea of the truth and your truth, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we preached a message entitled, What is Truth? And you don't have to have heard that message, thank you, uh, in order to uh, enjoy this one or, or learn from this one. Uh, but we talked about that this question. A lot of people in the world today wonder, what is truth? You know, the question, is truth relative? You've probably all heard someone say, this is my truth. And that might be your truth, but it's not my truth. I was lo- watching a news clip today. And uh, someone that spoke at the Democratic Convention, there they read their bio, their their official published bio, and uh, it was really weird. Uh, where these people believe that you can not only just claim your gender, but you can just be whatever you want to be. And this person was there was a a, a lot of things uh, that that came along with it, but basically it ended by saying uh, a non-binary. Uh, mermaid king queen who is living out their ever-evolving truth and it was like say what Uh, their preferred pronoun pronouns are they them they expect you to if you were to talk to about them they would expect you to use the pronoun they them or they would be highly offended Uh, if you didn't acknowledge them as a mermaid king queen they would be offended uh, and it's just like you read this and you hear this and it's like, what? Like, is this, I mean, it's like a far side cartoon. And yet these people are absolutely serious. Uh, and the part that caught my, my attention is they're, they're living out their truth. Well, that ain't the truth. Certainly not God's truth. Uh, but they've been taught, you know, truth is relative. You can be what you want to be. You can do what you want to do. You can believe whatever you want to believe with no anchor in reality. Uh, and so I personally identify as a skinny, handsome man. And uh, I think um, I'm very skinny. I'm very handsome. I, I expect a modeling contract anytime here soon. Not for the plus size catalogs. I'm talking about the the regular catalogs. Uh, you say, Pastor... <laughs> That's not you. Well, I'm, I'm identifying as that. I mean, we had someone in the, the Senate who got a job at Harvard who identified as an African-American, or excuse me, as an American Indian when they weren't one. There was a lady out west that identified as an African-American for years. Uh, and, and now you can identify as a mermaid king queen and have a platform at a national political convention. It's just insanity. Uh, And so when you get 
unhinged or unanchored from the truth, there is nowhere that you won't go. There is nothing that you might not believe. And so truth is important. As the world cries out, what is truth? We need to show them what the truth is. Amen. And tonight I want to show you a very simple sermon. I just want to go line upon line through the scripture. Eight tenets of God's truth. So the Bible says there's eight things about God's truth that, that show you what God's truth is and how you can know and understand the truth. And so we'll turn to the Word of God. Now we started here in Genesis chapter 24, and I don't have time because I want to cover all eight things in, in one message. I don't have time to give you all the details around every verse. Uh, but this verse is important uh, because if you look at it, uh, here the master of Abraham is praying. And if you remember the story, Abraham's older. He wants a, a daughter for his son, but God told him not to take a daughter from the, the people in the promised land. Abraham was the first one there, and, and uh, God said, don't take a, a wife from these people, but from, from your people. And so he sent his servant back, uh, and the servant comes into town, says a prayer, immediately meets someone, a, a fine young lady who was uh, related to Abraham and Sarah and Sarah and so he's just ecstatic and he begins to pray and thank God and here uh, he, he praises the Lord in verse 27 uh, blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth now why is this verse important when you study the Bible especially a topic or a word there's something called the law of first mention. And so that may just simply means that you look at the first time that word or that doctrine or that thought is mentioned in the Bible. And it tells you a lot, uh, just beginning about that thought, God's initial introduction of that concept. And then you can follow that concept throughout the whole scriptures and just like putting a jigsaw puzzle together, you take the information from all the verses and you can build a complete doctrinal picture of what's happening here. And this is the first time truth is mentioned in the Word of God. And it's important because God claims the truth. The man here said, uh, talking to the Lord God, Lord is Jehovah, uh, he's talking to the Lord God, uh, that you didn't leave my master to de master destitute of his mercy and his truth. He's saying truth belongs to God. And I could show you a lot of other substantiating verses, but I think it's good to look at the first time and just understand when you're looking for the truth, you must know that truth comes from God. Truth doesn't come from some personal idea. Truth doesn't come from feelings. Truth doesn't come from a professor that's paid way too much and challenged way too little. Truth comes from God. And that's an important place to start. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 32. Great verse for you to memorize. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 4. We're talking about the idea truth comes from God. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 4. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible says he is the rock. He's talking about the Lord here in the previous verse. He is the rock. His work is perfect. 
for all his ways are judgment, a God of what? Truth without iniquity, just and right is he. Isn't that a great verse? Let's read it all together. He is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth, and without iniquity, just and right is he. Isn't that great? He goes on, he's contrasting the Lord to people. They have corrupted themselves. And so uh, God's perfect, folks, and he is a God of truth. Truth belongs to God. Truth comes from God. Look at Psalm chapter 86. A great psalm, Psalm 86. A lot of wonderful truths in it. Talking about truth belongs to God. Psalm 86 And look at verse 10. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Can I get an amen right there? That's a great verse. Look at verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. Folks, Christians should not be trying to find their own truth. We ought not be trying to, well, I've got to be true to myself. No, you don't. You need to be true to God. Well, I'm just trying to discover my, my, own, my own heart. No, your heart's wicked and deceitful above all things. You need to learn God and follow God because truth is God's. And if you're looking for truth, you have to look to God because he's not just the, the owner of it. He's the fount of all truth. Any truth that exists has come from God. All right. So number one, truth comes from God. Look at John chapter 8. I say number 2 is you're turning. <clears throat> truth is absolute. So truth comes from God, and now we understand truth is absolute. So we learned this morning the opposite of truth is what? Error. error. So the opposite of truth is error. Where does error come from? Error comes from the devil. Right? In the beginning, God made everything perfect. He stepped back and said it was all good. Satan corrupted himself and then began to corrupt the creation of God. So God is a creator and Satan is a corrupter. Right? Satan can't create anything. All he can do is corrupt and create chaos out of the good that God has done. God created a perfect world. Satan corrupted himself and then everything he touches John chapter 8 and verse 44 reminds us that there is no truth at all in the devil. Ye are of your father the devil, he's telling these lost Pharisees, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the what? Truth. Now watch this. Satan knew the truth, but he didn't like the truth. Right? Satan knew that Lucifer was his name back then. He knew the truth. But he didn't like the truth, so he tried to change the truth. He said, I will be like the Most High. And he abode not in the truth. He knew the truth, but he decided not to stay there. And then it goes on to say, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now here's the truth. Truth is absolute. It cannot be changed. Truth is not malleable. It remains the same. When you try to change, 
the truth that's come from God, you turn it into error. We see this happen in Romans chapter 1. Go ahead and look there, Romans chapter 1. We're just following this thought through the scriptures. We live in a world that wants us to deny the very facts of life. They want us to deny creation and believe that this is somehow some cosmic accident. They want us to deny gender, that somehow biological boys and girls, that no longer matters. They even want us to deny history and things we know to be true. The, the founding of America, the history of the world, the history of peoples. Just, they want to just change it all. And they think they can change it because they think that truth comes from them. But no, we know truth comes from God. And we know truth is absolute. God's truth is complete. It lacks nothing. It is unconditional and unlimited. It's God's truth. And it's absolute. Look at Romans chapter 1. And the Bible says that they tried to change the truth. We, we won't look at the whole a passage here. It's worth study, but just not God's intention for this message. I look at verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And of course here talking about the sin of homosexuality, the sin of sodomy. Uh, listen, they want you to believe that it's normal for boys to like boys and girls to like girls. Folks, there's nothing normal about that. It's never been normal. It never will be normal. And they try to normalize it. They, they put it in front of you every single day. Uh, I just saw... Uh, in the news recently that Hallmark now is in a little bit of trouble because Hallmark, which a lot of Christians watch for their shows that have literally no meaning. I'm kidding. you. I'm kidding, ladies. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But these, these shows, a lot of Christians watch them, and they, they featured a lesbian couple for the first time. And you watch it, it's coming. Every vestige, songs talk about it, radios sings about it. TV shows, they'll, they'll throw them in every TV show. They'll put them in the movies. They'll, they'll do reality TV shows about them. Just, this is just normal. This is just right. But folks, there's something in every one of us that's like, that ain't right. And unfortunately, a lot of parents and a lot of confused people are giving in, trying to change the truth. But then it becomes error, doesn't it? It's no longer the truth. Now look at verse 25. How did these people get this far? How, how did they? And by the way, Romans chapter 1 shows a ladder down into the depths of sin, beginning with ingratitude. I mean, you want to start going down, just be ungrateful. Just be an ingrate. Just expect everything to be yours. Just expect people to give you stuff. Demand things that you've never earned or deserve. You're already on a bad road. And we see that in America, don't we? But it starts with gratitude and it goes all the way down to dishonoring the bodies between themselves and, and all this foolishness. But, but look at verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a what? And notice the Bible doesn't say they changed the truth of God into their own truth. No, when you change God's truth, it becomes a lie. And who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever and ever. Amen. Nancy Pelosi said recently, 
that all the fires, with all the fires going on, that, that Mother Nature was mad. Mother Nature's angry. What? Mother Nature? And, and if you, that doesn't just mean nature, that's actually a term where people worship the earth. That everything comes from the earth. Uh, and, and they worship the creature. They worship the trees. They'll, they'll worship this or that. Uh, and, and so when you get unhinged from the truth, you not only reject the truth, but you reject the truth giver. And you begin to worship what he created more than the creator and just going down and down this spiral of wickedness. And you can read that portion of scripture later. But if you try to change the truth, you create a lie. God's truth is absolute, folks. It cannot be changed. It is complete, lacking nothing. It is unconditional and unlimited. So number one, truth comes from God. Number two, truth is absolute. Uh, Let's look at number three. Truth is eternal. Look at Psalm 146. Psalm 146, truth is eternal. And look at Psalm 146. Look at verse 2. There's a few good verses in here that we won't touch on, but they're just too good to pass up. While I live, I will praise, uh, will I praise the Lord? I will sing praise unto my God while I have any being. By the way, you ought to sing during church. You ought to sing. When it comes time to sing, don't just sit there like a bump on a log. Don't just sit there uh, wait, waiting for everything else. Participate in the service. You'll get more out of church if you participate. You get more out of church if you sing, if you say hi to people, if you smile, if you turn in your Bible, if you say amen every once in a while. You get, you get more out of church. And here he's uh, talking about praising. Look at verse 3. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man in whom there is no help. Listen, if you're trusting some man to get you out of trouble, uh, you're in a mess. Uh, if, if you're trusting this election to deliver America from its woes, you're mistaken. Now, certainly the road gets a lot harder if people, if God haters win the election. Certainly that's true. But there's no help in God or in, in people. Our help comes from God and from Him alone. God can use people as He does, but we cannot put our trust in people. Look at verse 4. His breath goeth forth and returneth to His earth. In that very day His thoughts perish Speaking there about man, why don't you trust men? Because he's finite, he's temporal. He breathes, he lives, he dies, he's gone. God's eternal. All right, verse 5. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and the earth, the sea and all that therein is, watch this, which keepeth truth for how long? Forever. Forever. Why should you trust God? Because he's in charge forever. He ain't going nowhere. And his truth is eternal. The same God that decided what was right in eternity past, those things are still right. And those things will still be right in eternity future. The God who decided what was wrong in eternity past, those things are still wrong and they will always be wrong. Why? Because truth is eternal. We've got this idea that, boy, well, well truth, truth is just changes with the times. You know, and you young people, look, look up here and, and look at me. The, the truth in 2020 is the same as it's always been. 
And just because popular culture changes and music changes and dress, the way people dress changes and the way people talk changes, right is still right and wrong is still wrong. Why? Because truth is eternal. It lasts forever. Isaiah 25, 1 says, O Lord, Thou art my God, I will exalt Thee, I will praise Thy name, for Thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. The counsels of old, they never change. It's faithfulness and truth. God is right, people are wrong. Forever. Forever. You say, well, preacher, we've got... We've got technological advances that, that, that today we just know so much more. Okay, then how do we build the pyramids? Well, you know, aliens came down from heaven. And uh, when they seeded the planet with their DNA, they created the pyramids. It's like, what? You know, we, we want to act like we're so smart until we just get to like the basics. There are so many things that mankind has lost over the years. And the truth is, you can make a real argument that technology is making us dumber. I can't even remember my own phone number anymore. Amen? I've got hundreds of phone numbers in my phone, and I don't know a one of them other than my wife. But I still remember my phone number from when I was a kid. 812-665-3497. I'll never forget it. Well, what happened? I got dumber when I got a smartphone. It happens. America is not evolving. Listen, humanity is not evolving into godlike creatures. We are devolving. Becoming like beasts. Isn't that what evolution teaches you? You're just another animal. You soulless creature. You accident of the cosmos. You mean nothing. You're no better than a dog or a cat. Matter of fact, we'll kill your babies, but if you mistreat your dog, we'll send you to prison. What? That's the world we live in. But no, truth is eternal. It never changes. Amen? Look at Psalm 100. Number four, truth. How do we know God's truth? Truth is universal. Truth is universal. Psalm 100 and verse 5. Let's read it together. Ready? For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. See, we just talked about that a little bit, but truth is is universal. If it's wrong for me, it's wrong for you. If it's wrong for For dad, it's wrong for mom. If it's wrong for mom, it's wrong for the kids. If it's wrong for the preacher, it's wrong for the church member. If it's wrong for the poor, it's wrong for the rich. If it's wrong for the rich, it's wrong for the poor. It's universal. It doesn't change with generations. You know, when miniskirts came on the scene, it was a scandal. It was an absolute scandal. Some of you are old enough to remember that. I mean, the fact that people would wear a miniskirt, showing off their legs like that, was a scandal. And, and I don't have the quote in front of me, but you can look it up. The creator of the miniskirt said she created it because sometimes 
She just wants to have a good time during the day. She doesn't want to wait till night. And she needs to let, basically paraphrase, she wants to let the men know that uh, she's ready for a good time. What? It was a scandal. What's a miniskirt? Basically, halfway up the thigh was a miniskirt. That's not a scandal anymore, is it? That's normal wear. And people say, oh, it's okay. What are, you, what are you doing talking about that? Just It's always been wrong. I saw a lady the other day look like she's walking around in boxer briefs. Ridiculous. Yoga pants are tights. They were worn for generations under clothing. Now people just don't put on the rest of the clothes. You say, you say, oh, this it's a new day. It's 2020. What's the big deal? Because truth never changes. And truth's universal. Shacking up's always been wrong. Right. Messing around before you're married's always been wrong. Doesn't matter what year it is. Forsaking God has always been wrong. It doesn't matter what year it is. Well, I just, I just have a, a problem with organized religion. There's always been people like you. They were called rebels and backsliders, and apostates. There's always been people like that. This isn't some new thing. Homosexuality's not new. It's been around forever, as old as sin. Go back to Sodom and Gomorrah. There's still a black stain on the earth where the city was. This isn't new. But yet we're, we're fooled into thinking, well, these are new problems. You know, we've, mankind's never dealt with these things before. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. But truth is universal. Amen. And a Christian seeks truth. What are the universal truths that matter forever? You say, well, clothing's a preference. Really? The, the Bible says an awful lot about clothing. Perhaps you've never noticed it. Well, music's a preference. Really? The Bible says an awful lot about music. Maybe you've never read it. Well, you know, lifestyle's a preference. Really? The Bible's got an awful lot to say about lifestyle. And so we, we have to understand that truth never changes. Amen? Bell-bottoms were wrong in the 70s, and they're still wrong today. You say, what's wrong with them? They're gross. That's what's wrong with them. They're, just gr they're gross. Polyester suits, I pray those things never come back. You know, some people love the 70s. I have nightmares about the 70s. I mean, it's just like, man. And then the early 80s, it's like the 70s had a breakdown. I mean, it was, it was a mess, an absolute mess. But truth is universal. You know, people that have followed God during all those times, the world gets crazier and crazier, but God's people still follow the same time-tested truths. Amen? Look at Psalm 117. Psalm 117, verse 2, For His merciful kindness is great toward us, for the truth of the Lord endureth for how long? Forever. Praise you, the Lord. Look at Psalm 96. Psalm 96 and verse 13. Before the Lord, for He cometh, for He cometh to judge the earth, he shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his what? The truth. Now watch this. 
God's truth is absolute, God's truth is universal, and God's truth will judge us all. We're not going to be judged by our best intentions. We're not going to be judged by our own personal thoughts and feelings. We're going to be judged by God's eternal truth. That's why it's important to know the truth, because we're going to be judged by it. Romans 2.2 2 says, But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And so truth is important. It's going to judge us all. All right, number five, truth is available. Look at Psalm 119. Truth is available. God has given us his truth. It is absolute. It's eternal. It's universal. But where do we find truth? Is it locked away in a lost tomb? Is it confined to a monastery on a mountaintop in some distant land? Is the truth reserved for a chosen few? No, God wanted everybody to know his truth. See, this is a beautiful thing about God. He wants everybody to know. And Israel was, was given the commission to let the world know his truth. The church in this age is given a commission to let the world know the truth. But thank God the truth is available. Look at Psalm 119 and verse 142. Psalm 119, 142. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. God's law is the truth. Look at verse 151. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are what? Truth. So we find out that the law is truth. We find out that the commandments are truth. Now, where do we find the law and the commandments today? In the Bible. And I could spend a long time showing you that this book is the book of truth. It's called the word of truth. Uh, repeatedly. And so Jesus said in John 17, 17, thy word is truth. And so this is the truth. The truth is available, folks, if you want it. If you want to know what God thinks, look in the Bible. And by the way, he's never changed. And let me just say that the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. There's not different gods. It's important that you rightly divide the word of truth, but he's the same God. And the same truths that we find in the Old Testament are further revealed in the New Testament. Truth is available. Let's move on. Truth is compelling. Truth demands a decision. It makes you pick a side. Look at Acts 28. As you're turning, I'll read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. You know, the, some people reject the truth. You can hear the truth, you can know the truth, and you can reject the truth. What a terrible thing. What a terrible thing to know the truth and then walk away from it. Some people do. But look at Acts chapter 28 and verse 24. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. So anytime the truth is presented, there will be those that believe, and there will be those that don't believe. You can't control who does what. I can't make anybody believe. You can't make me believe. All you can do is decide what your action, what your action will be. Will you believe the truth or not? 
You're presented with the truth. Truth is from God. Truth is absolute. Truth is, is universal. Uh, uh, truth is, is uh, compelling. Truth is eternal. What are you going to do with it? Some believe and some believe not. Truth requires a verdict. Watch this. If you hear the truth and you say, well, I'm not going to decide today. I'll decide later. You've made your decision. Not accepting truth is the same as rejecting the truth. And what will we do? Will we submit to God's truth? Or will we try to change the truth for something more comfortable? Let me finish up. Number seven, truth is Jesus Christ. We talked a lot about that this morning. I won't belabor the point. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. See, truth is not just an idea. It's not just something out there in the cosmos. Truth was made flesh and dwelt among us. If you want to know what truth is, look at Jesus. If you want to know what truth would do, look to Jesus. Because he was the truth and he came to manifest the truth. John 1.14, John 1.17. Jesus Christ is the ultimate expression of God's truth. In John chapter 1, Jesus is called the what? The Word. What's a word? The, the Greek word there is logos. Words are how we communicate, aren't they? If I want you to know something, I speak words, right? How many times have we said, I can't read your mind? You got to speak. I, I need to know what you're thinking. I can't read your mind. Well, God says, I know you can't read my mind, so I'm going to use more than just words. I'm going to create and take me, the Son of God, and wrap myself in flesh, and I will become the Word. I will become the ultimate expression of truth, and I won't just speak words in the air and have them disappear as soon as the sound's gone. I will live among you. And I will leave an eternal record for you to know the truth. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? The truth is Jesus Christ. And I say, lastly, truth is the word of God, as we mentioned here. Look at, at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Let me just show you a couple verses here that we need to know. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 7. The Bible says, By the word of what? Truth. By the power of God. By the armor of righteousness on the right hand, on the left. So the Bible is called the word of truth. Now look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're just learning about God's truth. Eight tenets of God's truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Some of you will have it memorized. I recommend everybody memorize it. Let's say it together. Ready? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, it's the word of truth. And then God gives us a command here, study. Let me just ask you a simple question. When do you study the Bible? 
And you can answer that to yourself. When do you study the Bible? You say, well, I read the Bible. I'm glad you read it. Did you know nowhere in the Bible does it command you to read it? Commands you to memorize it? To meditate upon it? Uh, in the book of Revelation chapter 1, it tells you if you read it, you'll be blessed. But reading the Bible is assumed by God. Well, of course you're going to read it. Who wouldn't read the Bible? Well, a lot of people don't read the Bible, do they? But reading the Bible is assumed by God. But God wants us to go beyond reading and memorize it, meditate upon it, and study it. That's one reason why you should come to all the church services. And I don't know I'm preaching to the choir here, but every time you come to church, you learn something new. Amen? That's the goal. And uh, you're, you're benefiting from my study, where we study the Scripture, the preacher studies the Scripture, and we'll spend hours putting things like this together, and then we give it to you. And hopefully, the, the goal of preaching is not just to give you all the Bible you'll need for the week. The goal of preaching is to whet your appetite, to teach you some new things, to expand your mind and your heart, and for you to take some of the things that are said and think about them, meditate upon them, study them during the week. Uh, you know, it, I, it's not uncommon for people sometimes to shoot me a text or an email or give me a call and say, hey, I was thinking about this verse and I, I didn't know what this meant. That, that always thrills my heart because I want people to be talking about the Bible. I want people to be studying the Bible. And we've got a little book corner over here where you've got Bible study resources because it's good to study the Bible and learn how to do a word study. Learn, learn how to do some doctrinal uh, studies and, and just look up a doctrine and, and maybe learn a little bit more about salvation or, or uh, the Bible or, or end times things or why we go to church. I mean, all these things. Creation, if you love science, there's fascinating books about creation and how God created the earth and all kinds of science that most people never hear. I just read in a publication this week that they've finally come to the conclusion that Mars isn't as old as they thought it was. Well, I could have told you that, and it wouldn't have cost you millions of dollars. I'd tell you for a thousand. Science does not prove, it actually proves the exact opposite, that the earth, that, that the universe is billions and billions of years old. The expansion of the universe, all of those things, you can mathematically see a lot of these things. You can calculate how far the, earth, the moon is from the earth and how much it drifts every year. And you can calculate that that hasn't been happening for billions of years. You say, well, things are are carbon dated. Do you know how unreliable that is? They carbon dated a pickle at 50,000 years old. And I don't think the cavemen were eating pickles in pickle jars. They found a petrified pickle out west. Do you know it doesn't take millions of years for things to petrify? In the right condition, things can petrify really pretty quickly. There's all kinds of science, people. All I'm saying is, I guarantee you there's something about the Bible that you'd like to know. There's something that would interest you, and you ought to be studying it. Now, let me give you a caveat. Don't just go on YouTube and watch some weirdo. And not everybody on YouTube's a weirdo. I'm on there. I'm kind of weird, but I'm not a weirdo. Well, 
depending on who you ask. But here's the thing. There's a reason why in the Bible there was local church accountability. Because you know people. The Apostle Paul said, you know me. If you go online and you start following people that you don't know anything about, you might be surprised to find out who these people really are, if and where they've been trained, what kind of track record they have. There's something about accountability. Now, again, there's good people on there. I was watching preaching before church this morning and in between church this afternoon on YouTube. But I know what to look for. And you have to be careful. We've had people over the years get caught up in false doctrine who no longer go to church here because they started following people. They got in a group of some God-haters on Facebook and eventually over the period of, of months or a year, they, they taught them to hate, God, hate churches. And I mean, you've got to be careful on there. Never has there been so much information, and yet never has there been so much wrong information. But we ought to study the Bible. We ought to study the Word. If you're looking for good resources, you can talk to myself, Brother Pash, some of the ladies in the church. We'll get you good resources that you can trust and that you can learn from. And, of course, studying the Bible itself. The, the, the two things you first need to start studying the Bible, three things, are a Bible, a concordance, and a dictionary. And if you start with those three things, a Bible, a concordance, and a dictionary will probably cost you about 20 bucks in the book corner. You can start studying your Bible. It doesn't take much, but it does take effort. And so we've, we've got God's truth available, and I hope that we will study God's truth. Let's pray. Father, thanks for the time we're able to spend this evening. I pray that you would give us a heart for the truth, a desire for the truth, help us to realize that truth is, is powerful and uh, truth is from God. Truth is absolute. Truth is eternal. Truth is universal. Truth is available. Truth is compelling. Truth is Jesus Christ, the living word, and truth is the word of God, the written word. And Lord, help us to study it, to want to know it, and to learn it so that we're not blown about with every wind of doctrine. And so, Lord, we pray that you would give us uh, insight into your word. Protect us from all the crazy winds of false doctrine blowing around today and help us to know the truth and then to spread the truth. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stand. If the Lord spoke to your heart, why don't you take a moment and